time to talk training, fitness, and health on the Weight Endurance Podcast. We're not doctors, dietitians, or physiologists. We're professional coaches, and your hosts, Cody and Kathy Waite. We've worked with hundreds of endurance athletes over the last 15 years through our training facility, plans, and programs. Within this podcast, we're sharing our own training and racing experiences, along with the knowledge gained from working with our athletes. We'll be shedding light on the training methodologies that we've found to be the most successful in making you a fitter and faster cyclist. All right, welcome back. I'm Cody Waite. Hi there, I'm Kathy Waite. And we're your hosts of the Weight Endurance Podcast, fueled by TheFeed.com. TheFeed.com is an online endurance sports nutrition superstore. I just kind of came up with that. <laughs> okay, uh, it's an amazing place. It really is, yeah. TheFeed.com, you go on there, they have like all the endurance sports nutrition you could dream up. Um, some really cool stuff you've probably never even heard of or knew existed, um, as well as all the popular favorites as well. And then also along with the nutrition stuff, some cool like lifestyle recovery items um, that are re- really cool, like the Theraguns and all kinds of different rollers. And Yeah, actually the other day I saw on Instagram a post by Sevilla Blunk, who's another one of the um, high performance team members, and she had on a little like pack that she takes for long rides, and mm. that caught my eye. I got to check that out too. Oh, she, and that was from The Feed yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, they have some really great stuff. So check them out at thefeed.com. And go to our special page um, as a sponsor of the podcast, thefeed.com forward slash teams forward slash we dash podcast dash 2022. That's a long one, so I'll put it in the show notes. But from there, you can register an account, sign up with your name and email, and they'll put 20 bucks credit into your account. So you can just start off 20 bucks a free product and then of course um, add whatever additional you want to that as well so check them out at thefeed.com the feed's been really awesome to our listeners and our our team the junior writers have been so excited to take their credit and go buy some fun new snacks for their rides yeah absolutely well who doesn't like new and different no like Sophia was like gleeful in the kitchen the other day with her box of goodies and she's like oh my god (laughs) she just loves it yeah it's really cool so check them out we're on to episode 71 of our show here. Um, we are going to do something different. We haven't done this before, but we're going to pull an episode from the archive, I guess, <laughs> um, addressing sleep strategies, because this is kind of appropriate as we go into a recovery week coming up here with our Base Builder program. Um, and this episode is from 20, 2020, so mid-COVID pandemic uh, time. We weren't racing I did a lot of like book reading and book reports, and one of the my favorite books of that summer was a book specifically on on sleep. And this episode that we'll kind of reload here um, is basically a nice little book report on how to what is sleep, what are the benefits, how to do it better, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but before we get to that, um, what yeah. have we been up to? What have we been up to? It's been a great week of training, two weeks of training. Yeah, we've been switching gears into the anaerobic threshold intervals and kind of up in the intensity. Mm-hmm. That first day was a bit of a shock to my system, and we had broken it up into little baby intervals of two minutes each, but even that was a little bit of a shock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once I got past that, um, I enjoyed the second session much more, but I think it's been great, like really great to change gears a bit. Yeah. For months, you and I have just been riding at an aerobic, like zone two, maybe zone three pace, so... 
Yeah. This was fun. Yeah, finally kind of reintroducing some structured intervals, training, like you said, our 64-minute power, which equates to that anaerobic threshold, kind of FTP range, zone four, whatever you want to call it, um, in there. And we spoke about that in the last episode, um, episode 71, so you can go back and listen to that if you haven't. But yeah, I agree. It was it was like eye-opening. I don't know if that's the right word, but a, a, a minimal shock to the yeah. system. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, it's so hard, but it was like, okay, we are pushing harder on the pedals mm-hmm. for specific periods of time here and getting our heart rate up definitely higher than we've been getting it mm-hmm. over the last few months. So it's been feeling pretty good. And I'll be honest, like I'm ready for the recovery week coming up in the program too. So how about you? Yeah, I guess so. Um... Yeah, I think so, and I, I'm going to take the opportunity to fly up to Denver and see the other girls and just get a little break to this gorgeous weather and go back to cold weather, <laughs> the opposite of what most people do. Right, right. <laughs> have fun with that. I'll stay here where it's warm in Arizona. <laughs> um, and then some other things. We have our Cure kit store opening up very soon, possibly today. It's uh, Friday as we're recording this. Um, if not, I'm hoping by Monday um, coming up, so like the very 1st of February. But get on there. You can find it at uh, teamshop.cure.ch, and Cure is C-U-O-R-E. And I'll put the link in the show notes for that as well. And then we're going to offer our podcast listeners a 10% off coupon code, uh, WEIGHTENDURANCE10, all caps. And you can get 10% off the kit. So we got some really cool stuff in the works. And um, as soon as I've got all the proofs in hand, we'll post them on Instagram in the coming hours or days here and um get people hopefully excited about that so i i know i am who i mean i love new clothing so oh yeah for riding it's uh nice to get a a clean fresh chamois that is for sure so we talk about that all the time but i'd rather spend my money on nice bike clothes than i don't know casual clothes honestly yeah i have the same clothes i've worn for many years but i like a fresh kit every Every year. Well, you like a fresh box of kits. A fr- yeah, several kits. <laughs> well, if you ride every day, you need a No, absolutely. A For sure. So, um, yeah. And let's move on to our featured product. Oh, yes. This was fun. So this is new. We featured um, Never Second in last week's show. This week, we're featuring Untapped Maple. Of course, we got this from the feed. Um, if you're unfamiliar with this brand, uh, I believe... Ex-World Tour racer, now gravel guy, uh, Ted King. I don't know if he's the owner, originator, uh, spokesman. What I know he's heavily involved in it. Uh, but it's a maple syrup-based product line mm-hmm. um, from like high-quality Canadian maple syrup. And they make the Stroop waffles. Mm -hmm. And instead of using um, honey or sugar or other things, they use maple syrup. And I think that's genius because what goes with a waffle better than maple syrup? Genius. Um, And then the other one that's a little more unique is the maple, I guess you'd say gels. They're in like gel-like packs, but it's literally maple syrup. And there are some flavors Mm -hmm. if you choose to go with the flavored versions. What did you think of those? Okay, I was so nervous. I was like skeptical that I would like it because it made me feel a little nauseous thinking about taking a gulp of maple syrup. Right. But I think they nailed it. They nailed it. Like I I tasted an essence of maybe like vanilla in like their plain version. Yeah, and I thought it wasn't as thick as maple syrup, so they did something to it. And it, it just went right down and it was delicious and not too much. Right. 
Yeah, so these little sleeves, they're about this, they're like skinnier than a gel pack and a little longer little uh, thing, but you rip them off like you do Again, a gel. it ripped off very well. That's another thing I loved about it. Mm-hmm. And then you suck it down, and I agree. It, I was a little hesitant. I was like, is this going to be like too sweet yeah. or too thick or like just too much? Um, but I was like pleasantly surprised. I know, I really liked it. In fact, I it. smiled and was like, this is really good. <laughs> Um, it's not something I would use in a race. Right. Um, the, definitely not the waffles. Um, I mean, the waffles were tasty as well. I really like the lemon flavored one. I do. I like the lemon too. And didn't you think that they all just had like a nice, I'm going to say the word essence again. Like they mm-hmm. weren't, the flavors weren't overwhelming. Right. Yeah. It was more subtle flavors. Mm-hmm. You could still taste the maple. Um, I like the lemon one and the chai one. I just had the chai one two days ago and I was a little hesitant again because that's not my favorite flavor Mm -hmm. but it was so mild it was almost like just having um like a gingerbread cookie yeah yeah it was good I mean they are kind of more cookie like Mm -hmm. um the stroop waffle sort of things and really just as good off the bike as as on the bike Mm -hmm. um they're a little tricky any of those waffles are a little tricky to eat while riding just because they crumb more than Mm -hmm. like a energy bar kind of thing so it's in my opinion it's better like stop open it eat it um, and get going again because otherwise it, you risk having well, a break Well, Sophia off. actually dropped half of hers in the middle <laughs> of the road go. the other day, yeah. and I was a kind mom and stopped and got it for her. Yeah. Blew it off and handed it to her. There you go. Yeah, you can't <laughs> waste it. But yeah, I would agree. The the um, maple gels, if mm-hmm. you want to call it that, were Shots. delicious. Yeah. So... What do you think about the drink mixes? Um, and then, yeah, then they also have this powder drink mix. Um, two flavors that we got. Two flavors. Well, one was a powder drink mix and one was a liquid drink mix, wasn't it? Right. The one I had was liquid. So it was in a similar, like, long, skinny pouch, like a gel. You ripped the top open, you dumped it in your water bottle, mm-hmm. squirted it in your water bottle, and then added water to it. And it was a, like a maple lemonade flavor. And I was like, okay, this is unusual. Once again, though, like I was, I'd use this on like kind of more of an easy like Sunday ride, mm-hmm. and it was delicious. I agree. <laughs> I was like so surprised. Yeah, I mean, this is something I would maybe even bring with me like traveling or something to make like a non-water beverage. You know, like a, a lightly yeah. sweetened beverage that was quite good. It was like an Arnold Palmer sort of thing, and it was good on the ride too. Um, again, none of these products are probably what I'd lean on for racing, but mm-hmm. for just like easier rides or traveling. I would totally consume these again. Yeah, the second drink pouch flavor was a ginger lemonade kind of thing too. I don't think you had this one yet, but it was different. It had like a spiciness to it with a ginger rather mm-hmm. than a sweet overtone. But I again like kind of liked it. Like they just really surprised me across the board with their flavors. Yeah. So give it a go. Um, untap see what maple. you think. Yeah. yeah untap so, maple. And then we have a ten percent code. So if you want to get on the feed.com, use this code, you can get 10% off any of the untapped products. And it's wepodcast-untapped-tfp10. And again, kind of a long one. I'll put it in the show notes. Get your 10% coupon. And you can use like your $20 credit with the feed when you set up your new account and get the 10% off and you're like getting some super deals. So check it out. All right, so we are, I think I mentioned this earlier, we're heading into a recovery week. So we just did four good solid weeks of building some good aerobic fitness, doing some 64-minute power intervals. Um, I'm ready for a recovery week, like I mentioned. You know, it's I've personally done a pretty darn good job, surprisingly good, I'd say, of 
getting a many numbers in, or many days in the green mm-hmm. using the WHOOP um, that we're using and integrating that into our training program. But when we come up onto these recovery weeks, this is the time to really buckle down on sleep, which is why we're going to talk about or reload the sleep strategy episode here momentarily. Um, but also nutrition and just lowering training volume and training intensity for a week. Keep doing stuff, but, you know, take a day or two off, you know, within the week. Um, but, you know, backing way off. So you're so what we want to do is get to the end of next week and like hungry and eager again to go hard again. When you asked me a few minutes ago if I were ready for a recovery week, I sort of hesitated. Did you notice mm-hmm. that? Because I was surprised. I, I thought yeah, be because like, yeah. to be honest, I'm not feeling like I want one. And Sophia was arguing about us okay. this, with us yesterday in the kitchen. Um, like, well, I don't want to take a recovery week. I'm just, I'm, I'm like in the groove. I'm like mm-hmm. raring to go. And I guess I feel a little bit the same way. But I've done this long enough to know that I still need to be disciplined to take the recovery week because I know what's coming up. And it's some really solid training. And yeah. if I don't take a recovery week, I won't be as eager and able right. to, to do it. So we had that discussion with Sophia. And it's just good to remember that you might not necessarily feel like a like a recovery week is needed, but think about like the next month and why you would want to rest a bit. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's all about pacing yourself over the whole season. You got to put in the good work. You got to recover. So you absorb and mm-hmm. replenish and kind of repair those muscles and the just in your mind too. So you're hungry to, to get back into the training. So that's really key. The whoop is super helpful with this because you can track your sleep and learn different sleep habits that you have, things where that you can improve. And then you can watch your recovery score, hopefully going up across the recovery week, indicating that your body physiologically is now being like really ready to take on more strain in the next training block. So, and we're integrating the whoop scores as well as this can be adapted to like aura rings and uh, fitbits and apple watches and things like that that give you like a readiness or recovery score um, to integrate into our training programs and when you get that sort of green score that high recovery score it's like you can add a little bit more training stress to your workout that day and it's been proving to be pretty effective um, as well so if you're unfamiliar with the whoop or you've been maybe kind of going back and forth on whether you should try one or not um you can def you can check them check them out at join.whoop.com forward slash with we that's our special landing page for podcast listeners and our athletes that we coach um you can get the a free whoop strap as well as the first month of the service for free so you basically go to the the website link i just mentioned order it you pay nothing and then you sign up for i think you do have to agree to a six month um subscription but the first month is free so it's like you're paying for five months for six months and see give it a shot because i think it's pretty valuable yeah i I love it i really have gotten addicted to it yeah me too it's the first thing i look at every morning and (laughs) you know it's uh i think it's extremely valuable and maybe we'll talk more about that um as episodes kind of proceed and how to adjust your training related to if you're you know in the green in the yellow in the red Um, and so forth so all right well let's not delay it any longer we'll revisit a past episode this is episode 42 if you haven't already listened to it it's a great one Um, like I said I think this one actually 
I did on my own. It was the only mm-hmm. show I think in our history that you were unavailable, um, and I did it on my own. <laughs> so bear with that. It might it might be a little rough around the edges. Um, this is from 2020, and um, going over some really nice ideas on how to improve your sleep and sleep strategies. And then we'll be back next week with a full-blown show again. Um, And we're going to talk specifically about fueling your workouts because our workouts are becoming more demanding Mm -hmm. calorically, metabolically in in our base builder program. And that's super key when you're starting to do like higher power workouts. And then we'll also talk specifically about training your 32-minute power, which is like the next link in the energy system chain from what we've just trained, the 64-minute power. So um, looking forward to talking about that next week too. Yeah, me too. I really like talking about fueling training. Um, So yeah, that's a good one. Awesome. All right. Well, listeners, buckle up. This is Cody's book report, and we'll see you in a week. Hello. Welcome to the Weight Endurance Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Waite, sitting across the podcasting table with my co-host, Kathy Waite. Hello, everybody. How are you? We are taking you through our seasonal training methods and progressions to make you a fitter and faster rider. And on to episode number 42, and today we want to talk about, among other things, uh, sleep strategies. Yes, sir. One of your favorite topics. Yes, it is. Sleeping. I love sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last night before we went to bed, and we're in the RV up in Winter Park, Colorado, you said, oh, I'm so excited to go to bed. And it was really cute. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> sleep is an amazing thing. And I mean, for just general health for anybody and everybody. Um, but also it's connected very tightly to performance as right, well. Right. So I'm assuming anyone listening to this podcast is, you know, a, an endurance athlete of some sort and we're seeking ways to improve our performance, whether it's just being able to ride your local trails or roads, you know, with more enjoyably, or you're pursuing podium spots at a race or, you know, anywhere in between that. So well, many people have different goals for their race fit or their bike fitness, but everybody wants to feel good each day and have overall good health. And I definitely have seen how sleeping better has made me just feel better as a person. Um, and I contribute that a lot, attribute that a lot to you. Um, I've had some sleep anxiety over the years um we can get into that when we hit the main topic but you've helped me just sort of like basically like going to bed better like sleeping sleeping is a good thing not a kind of a stressful thing yeah and that's a key and i've i've read a, a few books recently um and one of the main takeaways of this one in particular was just changing the concept of sleep most people have this concept of sleep as something we have to do you're like ugh, i guess it's time for bed right and like <laughs> that's like so childish really right right and and maybe be proud of the fact that oh, i'm i only get five or six hours of sleep and you know i'm doing fine and yeah changing that thought process around of sleep where it's like something you actually get to do and like being excited about it and and yeah. maximizing its function to help you improve your life, your health, and your pillars. There's three pillars of like health and performance. Um, diet being number one. Mm-hmm. The second one being movement or exercise, or in our case, training. Um, and then sleep. Those are kind of the three things. Like if you can get those three things dialed in, your health and therefore your performance as a person and an athlete 
will improve. I mean, there's just no way around it. So one thing I took away from the this recent book that I read is he said um, in there that sleep, basically the same thing. You got diet, movement, and sleep. And sleep is like the multiplier mm. of the diet and movement part, meaning get the diet right, get the movement right, but then everything you do better sleeping just like magnifies the effect of the diet and the movement. Oh, that is a really powerful way to look at it. Yeah. So I guess you could say sleep is maybe maybe the most important one, but at least has the most biggest impact, yeah. I would say, on health and performance. Well, we've talked about this before, especially related to your dad's health. Mm -hmm. Your dad is um, in his late 70s. He has 80 a... this year, I think. Oh, my God. Coming okay. Fall, yeah. And he's in very good health. He, but he doesn't have a particularly um, active lifestyle anymore, and he doesn't eat particularly amazing, but the man sleeps a lot. Yes, he's a great sleeper. He's a great sleeper. <laughs> he takes several naps a day. He sleeps well at night, and therefore, he's in good health. He's healthy. I right? know. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It kind of it multiplies what effort he's he, accomplishing he in diet yeah. and exercise yeah. um, and make, making him seemingly healthier. So. Uh, super important. But yeah, uh, the books, um, well, the first book I read was Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. And we actually talked about it in a podcast a while ago because I read this over the winter. Okay. Great book. It's He's a doctor and he talks specifically like why we, what happens while we're sleeping, why we're sleeping, why our body needs it. It's really fascinating. And then the more recent one I've read is called Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson. And this one... Um, has a lot of like how to actually sleep better. So the first book, Why We Sleep, was like why to sleep, you know, the benefits and what's happening yeah, why versus inside our brain and everything. And then the how. Yeah, so it was yeah. actually, wasn't my intention, but it was the perfect order yeah. of reading them. So if, if it is something you're interested in, read Why We Sleep first and then read Sleep Smarter and you'll be better off. So, and I'll put um, some links uh, in the show notes too. Okay. So yeah. people, if they are interested in reading it, they can find them more easily. Um, so why do we, why do we need to sleep? Yeah. So I took some notes on this. Um, you did like a book report. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting better at that. Um, so why is sleep important? First and foremost, sleep essentially regulates our hormone productions. So we've talked about hormones and the effects they have on our bodies as people and athletes. And it's super, super important. And I think it's it's an area of science and health that's like becoming more and more discovered and studied. relevant yeah. and studied and put up as like the hierarchy hierarchy of importance. Um, and some of these hormones, the, probably the two main ones are human growth hormone um, is how your body repairs itself. So super important for health, but also as an athlete for recovering. Um, and then the other hormone it affects is cortisol levels. And we've talked about cortisol in the past and the effect that sleeping helps decrease our cortisol levels. And they all just tie in directly to our health and our performance and just living a higher quality of, of life, essentially. Um, sleep is also important because it establishes your circadian rhythm, which is that natural like sleep-wake cycle that we have mm -hmm. in general as humans, we are intended to basically follow the pattern of the sun, meaning go to sleep when the sun goes down, wake up when the sun comes up, um, and 
15% of your DNA is controlled by your circadian rhythm. So what does that mean? Uh, well, essentially, so your DNA, I don't want to get, I'm not oh, a scientist. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but basically your cells are replicating, they're following, your DNA is like the structure, the blueprints. Oh, so you need the circadian rhythm to flow well and for, for your the cells DNA to, to reproduce. do what it's doing. Right. Okay, gotcha. And, and, and that. So the, it's just the importance of that circadian rhythm. Sleeping helps improve circadian rhythm. Got it. Circadian rhythm is essential in a large percentage of your DNA that helps with the cellular production. Okay of that. <laughs> well, I, I just wasn't quite following your train of thought. Now that makes sense. Right. Um, okay. Can I jump back when you, yeah. I wasn't sure I was going to say this little story, but you're talking about how sleep regulates the hormone production and increases your HGH, your human growth hormone. Mm -hmm. You know, we have twins and they're 17 and I've, I was always so fascinated and still fascinated by their different sleep patterns when they were babies. Mm -hmm. Sophia, our mountain bike rider, she slept more than Noelle, her twin. Well, she was bigger when she was born by about a half a pound. She always slept like basically better and longer. And longer, yeah. And Noelle, the smaller twin, slept a little bit less. And, at, you know, no, Sophia is just physically a little bit taller and a little bit stronger. And I just believe, and I think science would support the that, that because she slept more, she grew bigger and stronger sure, than, yeah. than Noelle. And it's it's really quite fascinating because I watched it happen. And I tried to get Noelle to sleep better and more, and it, it, it just didn't happen the same way. Yeah, she's more of the early bird. Yeah, it was just really interesting to watch. Yeah, it really is. I mean, sleep is so important. Yeah, uh, okay, so I, I di diverted a little bit, but I just wanted to say that part. Okay, so the... Regulating or improving your hormones mm -hmm. and establishing that circadian rhythm yep. together, those things help your health, which basically translates to simple things of like your immune system, your mm -hmm. immune function is improved. Well, it's uh, simple, but super important. Super important. Yeah. You know, your skin looks better, feels better. Um, you can maintain more of a youthful appearance right so that's important to us now we're in our 40s we want to <laughs> keep looking as young as possible um also your cognitive ability so your ability to think um you know a lot of it they've done a lot of studies comparing uh drinking alcohol versus uh a reduction in sleep mm -hmm. or like um it's very similar results sleep starvation if yeah. you don't get enough sleep you it's like your, your brain is drunk right yeah exactly um, so to improve your cognitive ability, um, and then also things around weight management, body composition, um, weight gain, things of that nature are tied directly into our hormones and circadian rhythm, um, tissue repair and recovery, which we've talked about. And then all of that leads to physical performance. You know, the more balanced your hormones are, better your circadian rhythm, your physical performance goes up as well. So, um, another little saying I picked up out of this recent book that really kind of made sense to me was that like being awake is catabolic in nature, meaning it's breaking our bodies down when we're out living our lives. We're, we're breaking our bodies down. This is also true when we're training, right? Training is catabolic. Um, you're, you're breaking down your muscles, literally. Um, then sleeping is anabolic. That's when our body gets to stop, lay down, you go to sleep, it recovers and Restores. builds itself up. Yeah, and, and is anabolic. So, uh, you know, being so awake, being awake is catabolic. Sleeping is anabolic. Right. Yeah, right. That's, that's really. So if cool. you think of it in that nature, it makes sense of 
from a performance standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to sleep so you can grow stronger. Um, without good sleep, there's all kinds of problems going on. Um, lowered cognitive ability, which we just talked about. It, essentially, you're just dumber <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get enough sleep. Uh, and we've all felt that, like, if we're super, super tired. Oh, yeah. Out, I, I've we can't think of what a couple a times a really month for. I have a poor night's sleep and then I, I, I do feel dumb I feel sluggish I feel I feel gross and I just feel dumb I can't get even, even finish a sentence yeah um, lack of sleep or lack of quality of sleep also um, leads to low quality carbohydrate cravings um, and what's going on there and we've, I'm sure most of us have experienced this before is that your brain lives on glucose and if you're not getting enough sleep, your brain needs more of the glucose to, to fuel itself because it's, it's awake more and, and you're asking it to work or function more. Oh, right. So then you're... You're craving you're more You're craving these simple sugars, sugars and, yeah, and, and simple starchy foods, you know, the, I've definitely all the snack foods that. and stuff. So when you have those kind of cravings... Often it's because you're lacking sleep, like your brain is getting tired and it's saying, feed me. Um, and that obviously can lead to other metabolic issues and weight gain and things mm-hmm. like, like that. Um, and then other things like they're figuring out that like Alzheimer's is contributed directly to sleep quality, um, various cardiovascular diseases, metabolic diseases, um, like, uh, um, Totally brain farting. Diabetes? Yeah, diabetes. <laughs> um, and obesity. That's a and fun even, game. I get to guess what you're thinking. <laughs> and even cancer is being, they're being like relate, related to Well, yeah, to I definitely see the cancer sleep. one because your cells aren't able to repair themselves um, and then they're just breaking down and not restoring themselves and so that leads to cancer. Right. And, and multiplying the bad the ma- cells, the, the malignant re- cells. Replicating the bad cells yeah. and not sloughing them off. Right. So there's a lot... I've, of negatives that come yeah, with it. Yeah, there too. are. So if, if if you are proud of yourself uh, for only getting by on six hours of sleep, like that, you're doing yourself a massive yeah for disservice sure. of. I think that's a strange well. phenomena in our in our American culture that people think they are cool <laughs> if they don't or sleep. Or like hard work, more hard yeah, work. Yeah, it, it's somehow tight. It's not, those people are not assholes. It's just that they're <laughs> somehow tied in, well, some of them are, but it's somehow tied into like our culture of like work hard, work hard, work hard. And if you don't work hard, you're lazy. So if you sleep more, then you're lazy. And that's not true. No, yeah. It's, it's, it's a switch that needs to happen in our culture. That, that sleep is valued, recreation is valued, leisure is valued so we have more balance in our life and that we're um restoring our health right well think of it this way too if you sleep more and get good quality sleep you are improving your immune system and your health so you're gonna have less sick days at work you're going to be cognitively superior so you're going to be more productive yeah and more efficient and more efficient at work so right it only makes sense to make to really emphasize sleep so you actually are more productive. All right, I agree. So, um, All right, I got on my soapbox for a second. Right. <laughs> Try to jump back down. Um, so quantity is important. You know, most people have heard, you know, you're supposed to get eight or more hours of sleep a day. A lot of people scoff at that and, like, think, oh, that would be a dream. But um, 
honestly, that's like eight hours is kind of the minimum and, Mm -hmm. you know, more is it can be better. But even what's more important is the quality of that sleep that you're getting to. In fact, to a point where it's possible it's better to get, according to this book and this author, you know, six hours, six or seven hours of super good quality sleep versus eight or nine hours of not so good quality sleep, sleep that's been disrupted by many variables, which we'll talk about coming up here. So it is a both. You need quantity, but the quality is perhaps as bit or more important than the, the actual quantity. Um, and the last little takeaway that I think is so true, and it, everyone should kind of hear this and get this concept, is like reframing this idea of sleep being like an obstacle in our life and something we have to like work around and that we have to get the sleep and it's like interfering with our life and instead think of it as sleep is something that you like get to do it's like a privilege and something to actually work on and work to improve yourself and your ability to sleep and everything well this ties into what i was just talking about and i personally have struggled with this that if I'm not being productive, I think this is like my German Midwest upbringing, that if I'm not being productive, then um, that's bad. So like being asleep, I'm not being productive. And <laughs> and so I have to like keep doing chores and yeah. things until nine o'clock at night. And, and that's not true. Like right. I, I need to allow myself to stop doing, you know, chores or work at yeah. five or six o'clock and have some leisure, have some recreation, have some me time, have some family time. And then, like, embrace uh, the, the uh, yeah, going to sleep. Yeah. Just going to bed is a good thing. Not We're not a, machines. You can't keep right. going endlessly. Yeah, but it's, some, it's how I was sort of raised, too. Or it's a way you look at being productive versus lazy. Right. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's my Midwest upbringing. I don't think you had that in Arizona. No, uh, I feel like I'm fortunate. I mean, growing up, none of my parents were really late night people, which I yeah. feel very fortunate about that because that sets an example to young people of like staying up late so I never had a problem with the idea of going to bed quote early you know um and then also growing up in a on a horse farm it was Uh, all about getting up early I mean I had chores I had to go feed 50 head of horse you know in uh middle school and high school aged me before school every day so I was getting up you're such a good boy. <laughs> Setting an alarm and getting up yeah. earlier and taking care of that and then going off to school. and um, But it set a good pattern in my life, yeah. which I'm grateful for. And um, I forget where we were going. I don't know. We're talking it about was, our... Well, actually, this is an interesting kind of side trail, like talking about how we view sleep and how we are raised. Um, and, but don't let me confuse everybody. Like, I have never been someone that, like, wanted to stay up late. I was the kid at slumber parties that would like yell at everyone by 12 or one o'clock to go to bed and be quiet, which that was really annoying. I'm sure I've never all ever in my life, except for the two times I birthed babies stayed up all night. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, which I tell people that they're like, what in college, you never stayed up all night. And I, no freaking way. Like <laughs> there's no way I could write a paper at three in the morning. I would like be head bobbing at the computer. Right. Yeah, the quality. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I definitely have always needed my sleep, but I just have some other weird stuff wrapped around, like just winding down and, and whatnot. Right, right. So, yeah, long story short, you know, op- sleep is not an obstacle. It's something you should work, strive to, you know, improve yeah. in your life and maximize. So, that's what we're going to here is how to, some tips and strategies, I guess, of how to improve okay. one's 
sleep, kind of what I pulled out of this book. So um, one of the big ones, um, especially pertaining to setting your resetting your circadian rhythm, is getting more sunlight. I love this one. Yeah, this is a good one. Um, and the, the first book I read, Why We Sleep, talked a lot about this as well, about the circadian rhythm and how sunlight plays an effect. And and I've, not to get too sidetracked again, but like my mantra has always been somewhat jokingly, but it's like, I, as soon as the sun goes down, I'm ready for bed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and that can be quite early in the winter. I know, in the wintertime, it's 5 o'clock. I, and you're yawning. and Yeah, I can't. I'm, my production ability is down so it's like God. what else am I going to do I'll go stretch and go to bed <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when the sun comes up I'm ready to get up so yep. in the summer that's sort of annoying because sometimes it's like 5 30 in the morning I'm like ready to go but I would actually like to sleep for another hour but mm -hmm. it just doesn't work so you know I'm in tune with that and um, I think it's like a huge key and and to go off on a slightly other tangent of like you know when the invention of the light bulb was created right it, it kind of screwed up. everybody up right. yeah i mean as great as it is and as much as we do need it it sort of screwed up everyone's health to be honest because prior to that that's what people did they were asleep within an hour of the sun setting and they were up shortly after the sun rising but now we have like endless hours of light at our disposal, disposal. people tend to abuse that yeah. and not really put that together or they don't even think about it because it's normal light yeah. bulbs are normal and they might think it's even weird we're talking about it, but I think it's a fascinating concept. Yeah, I love it because our bodies are de designed. You know, nature creates things for a purpose to be the best that they can be, and then mm -hmm. when we as humans try to improve that, whether it's creating a light bulb so we can work into the wee hours of the night, or creating you know margarine because it's quote healthier than butter, or <laughs> you know. We can't outsmart nature. We you need to get back into tune with nature. But anyway, I'll get off my So get box. more sunlight. <laughs> so I do this every morning by walking the dogs for 15 minutes. Uh, that works great. Yes. I'm sort of forced to get more sunlight. And I need all the help I can get to sleep better at night. So this is wonderful for me. Right. You like to sit in the front room or outside when it's warm outside. Um, and you let the sun come through the, the window. Yeah, I drink my you. coffee, yep. read my emails like in the morning um, with the sun... I might put a hat on so it's not like literally right in my eyes, but the sun is in, in right in me on my face. Um, We've even gotten our older daughter, our oldest daughter, Emma, to buy into this and at least take her water and toast out in the morning into the like the driveway area where the sun's yeah. coming and, and reset her circadian rhythm. Right. It's extremely important. And they're, fu they're figuring out that it, it's really in the morning between the hours of like 6 and 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. is, is the most critical time. It resets your circadian rhythm more effectively and it um, begins the, see if I get this right, it, it improves your ability to produce melatonin. I think it's the sunlight in the morning is producing serotonin, which is the precursor for the melatonin later. That, okay. That's what makes you tired. Um, so that it's like a given... Um, take thing there hmm. so those early morning hours between 6 and 9 a.m. approximately you want to try to get like 20 to 30 minutes worth of, of sunlight so yeah like you said walk walk go take your dog for a walk in the morning go sit outside and drink your coffee in the morning um, do those sorts of things yeah over the winter I was sitting in our front room you get sunlight through the, the front window and so I could get the sun on me even though it was too cold outside to really be outside comfortably um, that's not as ideal as being outside, but it's better than, than nothing. So, um, and one other little thing was, uh, 
that most people could do is minimize um, sunglasses during the day as yeah. well. So not necessarily when you're training, like riding your bike, you need them for protection. But when you're just outside, I became a creature of habit. And I think you have too, where like we just always had our sunglasses on right, and right. making that effort of like taking them off. You know, if you need them to drive safely, take, you know, wear them. Well, but. I'll go back to the dog walking. Like this morning, I made myself go outside for 15 minutes with the dogs with without my sunglasses. And I don't really like it. It kind of makes me squint and gives me... A, more like a fear of a headache, but um, I'm working on increasing my ability to be outside without sunglasses. That, yeah, more of the direct light exposure is key. I have fragile Caucasian blue eyes. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you have the brown eyes. Yeah, that does help. They um, do say, but so more sunlight was a, a big okay. one, especially in the morning hours. All right. Um, Number two, avoiding screens, especially yeah, in the evening. Everyone knows. Everyone kind of knows this, but few of us live by it. Basically, the the issue is the blue light that's emitted from our phones, tablets, TVs, things of that nature. These blue light waves have been proven to be disruptive to our sleep quality. Um, as a side note, red light waves are the least disruptive. So that's why often alarm clocks have the red lights, um, which is, I never put that together before. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, um, so they, they figured this out and they're trying to help us, but avoid that blue light um, in the evenings. Um, basically, they're saying that the key time to be done with the blue light is about an hour and a half to two hours before you plan to go to bed. Mm -hmm. So for most people, that's probably about 7, 30, 8 o'clock at night. You should put the phones down, the tablets down. And even turn off the TV? Even turn off the Oof. TV. Um, and even go as far as in this book, they were saying like you can change your light bulbs to emit better levels of light um it got kind of technical and like the <laughs> megahertz of the light waves and all these things but um they're changing light bulbs and wearing blue block blocking sunglasses like around the house um okay. which is pretty extreme but you know if you want to sleep better maybe it would help yeah, it is extreme i think if anyone could at least avoid um the phone in their face like maybe you have a tv show that you're watching i think that's a little bit better like especially it's the farther TV's away farther yeah. away um because we don't that's, you know, not everyone's going to get extreme, but just the phone right in your face is a yeah. is a pretty obvious factor of keeping you awake. Absolutely. Um, and also, like, kind of what you watch, too. Like, I can't watch stressful things. I don't like to watch stressful things right. anyway. And that but, was one of the tips. Was... Right. But, like, I need more, like, a, a comedy or, like, a feel-good drama at nighttime. I don't, don't put on, like, a Fast and Furious movie or a born... Yeah, and stop Mission scrolling impossible. through social media and stop looking at emails, things that could possibly either get you Riled excited, up. like in a positive or negative way, or angry, or disappointed, or worried, or, you know, anything that will get you thinking about something as you're right. trying to not think about things as you <laughs> go to sleep. So, um, so avoiding that is all important. And, you know, they've left it, they've kind of finished it with like, let's, you know, go back and read, like read a book. Or have a conversation with somebody. What? Or, yeah. <laughs> That'll Wait, lead to relaxation read. and improve sleep uh, quality that way, too. So avoid those screens. This is a big one with the teenagers. I know, and we can't seem to get through the, our kids about it. Yeah. Set a time, like 8 o'clock, put the phone away. And I, Yeah, I really wish they would. It upsets me. And in the book, too, not to get hammer this too much, but they went even further into things like you shouldn't have these devices like next to you like on your bedside they should be like in a different room because of like the emissions of things being given off and it got pretty technical and, and 
out there to some degree, but I, you know, if, if Mac, if you having trouble sleeping, getting good quality, maybe taking these more radical steps could help. Um, okay. Beverages, specifically caffeine and alcohol. I think again, everyone is aware of these things. Um, some tips were, you know, caffeine, no caffeine after 2 PM. Mm -hmm. Um, and why is that? The issue here is caffeine has a half life of about six hours for most people. Meaning if you drink caffeine, it takes six hours until half of that effect of the caffeine is out of your system. And then it's going to another six hours till the half of that half. So 12 hours later, you still have a quarter of whatever caffeine you consumed. Well, people swear they can drink coffee at nine o'clock at night and go to sleep. Right. And they, maybe they can, but they don't know what the quality of that sleep right. is. That's the takeaway here. It's like, and, and same for alcohol. I mean, a lot of people joke, like they get kind of buzzed a little bit and like, oh, I'm going to sleep good tonight. Well, you may fall asleep pretty quickly, right? but you're not going to sleep good. Well, that has been, that's like part of my story. Like I was never a drinker in, in my teenage years, my twenties, but when I got divorced in my early thirties, it was sort of a tough time and I got in bad habits of drinking too much wine at night and then it became like a habit of I'm not going to be able to fall asleep. That's what I was telling myself right. unless I drink this. And I think that's pretty common. It's been really hard to change that habit because um, I think I would sleep pretty well for a couple hours and then two o'clock my liver's purging the alcohol. I wake up and then I'm struggling to sleep well after that. Yeah. Yeah. So with the alcohol, they in the book they were saying three, you know, cut it off three hours before bed. Yeah. It helps you like process some of it and get some of it out. The alcohol disrupts the REM sleep, which is the quality sleep right. um, in, in, the, in the circadian rhythm. Um, and then one last little note on caffeine. So cortisol levels and circadian rhythm are connected. We briefly talked about that. What's happening is when you wake up in the morning, your, your cortisol levels rise, which is actually part of why you wake up. Your body heat, your core temperature increases, cortisol is involved with that, you wake up. Then the lowest point of cortisol in your body is when it's time to go to bed. So it helps you go to sleep and your core temp drops as well. So when you drink caffeine, it's artificially raising cortisol levels, mm. which is why caffeine or, or coffee in particular, I guess tea, why we tend to make this like this morning beverage, right? Because it's, it's increasing our cortisol levels, helping us, quote, wake up. Right. <clears throat> But if you're drinking coffee, large amounts of it, or caffeine, I should say, more specifically, um, late, especially later in the day, it just takes longer to get it out of your system, and it delays the time for that cortisol to come down in the evening mm. when you want to go to sleep, keeps cortisol levels up, and body temperature is involved with that too, and you just can't go to sleep as easily. And it affects that circadian rhythm, which then affects the quality Sleep. It's all about like the flow your body should be in yeah, it's all and it flow. disrupts the flow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Some tips on improving that quality. Um, a big one is body temperature. So that was a good segue. Keeping cool. Um, they've discovered the optimal temperature for sleeping is between 60 and 68 degrees, which is a pretty big <laughs> so range. So anyone without air conditioning is screwed. Yeah. You, and, and the author joked 
talked about that in the book that when he was a kid, his parents were super cheap and <laughs> wouldn't run air conditioning. And so it was that like, was my, those were my parents. Yeah. Too. He was like sweating in bed as a kid. And couldn't sleep. <laughs> Poor guy. Like um, summer camp. That was my memory. Like just laying on top of my sleeping bag dying. Right. Right. So 60 to 68, that's a pretty big range. I know for me, 68 would still feel really hot. I think for you too. Yeah. I like it colder. We keep ours like we try to, well in the summer we can't always get it quite that low because we're well, sometimes you're being cheap too and you don't want to run, run the right <laughs> so but in the winter we'll set it at like 62 and have the door cracked yeah and have the door cracked for some fresh air um, but keep that temperature at least in your bedroom if not throughout your whole house mm-hmm. at least in your bedroom so you can maybe consider getting um like a small air conditioning unit that bl- keeps just your yeah. bedroom cooler a ceiling fan helps to circulate air that yeah. can help yeah um so body temperature drops at night to sleep. We already talked about that. And then rises with cortisol in the morning to wake up. Um, one strategy that I thought was interesting, because it doesn't make sense when you first hear it, but is if you take a warm bath about an hour or so before bed, um, can help bring your core temperature down. Because what? when you get out of the bath and you dry off the the, the, the like air artif- temperature? No, it's the artificial rays of the warm bath then produces like a quick drop off and subsequently your core temperature ends up lower oh, it's sort of strange yeah well it's a similar idea to drinking a warm beverage in a hot environment it makes oh, you cool i have heard that as well yeah similar concept like so you're jolting your body's temperature and then it like quickly regulates itself. yeah it'll go up and then it's like oh we're getting too warm let's bring it back down wow. and then maybe it brings okay. it a little lower than than normal so something to try and there's also like cooling mattresses or pads, mattress pads. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of things on like Instagram ads for stuff like that that <laughs> blow like cold air. Or, you know, somehow they cool your mattress. That can help drop the core temperature. Um, and then it's also why often for many people it's hard to fall asleep after an evening workout because you've right. raised I your find body that temperature. Very difficult working out. Yeah. So you know, if that's you, if you have trouble falling asleep. Try not to work out in the evening. Work out more in the morning, or at least midday, um, and you might be able to improve your sleep quality. Right, right. Um, oh, this was a big one. Take home for me was the highest quality sleep time window is determined to be between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. So those four hours of the day or night um, are when you get the highest quality. And when they say highest quality, you're getting the most the likeliness of the most REM minutes um, and also human growth hormone secretion in the body in those in that time frame. So that means getting to sleep somewhere between 9 and 11. Uh, obviously, if you can get to sleep by 9, you're going to hit all of that. And even if you get to sleep by as late as 11, you're still getting a good amount of that mm-hmm. 10 to 2 window, um, depending on the person. Um Sleep cycles occur roughly every 90 minutes within the human body between the non-REM and the REM. Um, and most people get somewhere between four and six of those cycles a night. More is better. Um, and maximizing that 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. window gets you you know, most of those benefits. So if you can get most of your cycles in that window, yeah, that's, that's really you're interesting. better off. Um, and it comes really down to Early to rise, what was the old early saying? Early to bed, early, early to, to rise. Makes man healthy, wealthy, and wise. I mean, early to rise helps significantly because, one, you can get your morning sunlight. Um, 
you get the good sleep window because you're going to go to bed earlier. Mm-hmm. If you get up earlier, you typically want to go to bed earlier. And it gets your circadian rhythm yeah. like, really synced in with that. So going, you know, getting up early is typically more healthful than not getting up early for people. Um, and then the last thing, and I think a lot of people are aware of this, like staying consistent with your sleep patterns seven days a week. Right. Not falling into that trap of like, you know, getting minimal sleep through the work week and then trying to, quote, catch up on the weekends by yeah. sleeping in or whatever. It The studies show it does not work. It's um, definitely not ideal. It, yeah. And it screws up your circadian rhythm because your body wants this flowing pattern like we talked about. And yeah. if you screw it up two out of the seven days of the week... You know, you're, it's hard to stay on that that cycle. So, well, I feel better if I'm on a pattern. Like, yeah. Even when I was a teenager and would do a sleepover on a Friday or Saturday night, and went to go, you know, if we go to bed at one, we'd probably sleep until ten or eleven. But it just it never felt the same. I still felt kind of crappy the rest yeah. of the day. Yeah, and it takes several days to where your body kind of can readjust that circadian right. rhythm. So, I think um, everybody's experienced that. Yeah. So that's super key. Um, Another one uh, area of improving your sleep is dealing with your gut microbiome. Another passionate topic. I'm very passionate about this topic, and we'll talk more about that in a future podcast. But your gut microbiome, or that healthy bacteria in your guts, um, that does so much for you. I mean, they're calling it the second brain nowadays. Um, But it has a heavy, heavy effect on hormones, probably second to sleep. Um, and also the melatonin production in our bodies. Um, so avoiding processed foods that feed the bad bacteria mm-hmm. is something that everyone needs to do, um, not just for better sleep, but just better health. Um, increasing plant foods for more fiber, and also the vitamins and minerals that come along with that. Because um, there's, there's a lot in the book about specific like vitamins and minerals that can contribute to improved sleep. Um, the biggest one I pulled out was uh, magnesium. Mm-hmm. And you had some health guru tell you yeah, to take magnesium I have heard once. this, and I haven't researched it as thoroughly as you have, but um, that when you were talking about it the other day with that lotion you just purchased that had mm-hmm. magnesium, I was like, oh, that that is true. I have heard that as well. And I had this, like, magnesium, like, a, like, like an extract, a, an extract yeah. and I've struggled to consume it because I didn't like the taste of it. Mm-hmm. And I sort of gave up on it, but I need to revisit that because I think that would help me. Yeah, magnesium seems to play a huge role in our sleep quality and circadian rhythm cycles. Um, and there are different ways, like extracts and and pills, um, but more effectively is actually getting it through your skin. Mm, okay. um, so that's where the lotion comes in. And this book recommended a magnesium lotion that I ended up buying because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to try it. Um, I've only tried it for six days now, so I can't say too much on it yet, but um, I figured why not. And then um, Epsom salt baths, which a lot of athletes are familiar and with. And I love them, and maybe that would kill two birds with one stone, that you take your warm your bath, bath. Yeah, exactly. And then you got to absorb the magnesium through your skin. Right. Um, huh, okay. I might do help. more of that. And not only do you sleep better, but they, you know, it helps kind of aches and pains and things like that. Too, yeah, so I actually it. love them. So The trick there is you have to keep your bathtub clean so you can take... An Epsom salt bath. Right. Yeah. yeah. Who wants <laughs> to get a bath disgusting. in a dirty tub? That's gross. Um, but yeah. And then lastly, for microbiome enhancement, you know, doing everything you possibly can, if you can, is going organic, free range, grass fed, locally grown, you know, getting the most nutrient dense foods possible right. is a super key thing. So we'll talk more about that side of things maybe in a future okay, podcast. Let's, let's... But 
Let's um, go on with that. Cool. Um, so the your bedroom specifically, um, the author was saying like make this your sleep sanctuary. Mm -hmm. You know, do everything you can to make your bedroom like this special place where you go to sleep. Um, in fact, he he says that. Uh, the only things you really should do in your bedroom is sleep or some sexy time. <laughs> um, okay. Nate, cover your ears. <laughs> what you don't want to do in your bedroom is Work. sit on your computer yeah. or answer emails, you know, scroll through social media or watch TV, um, which a lot of people do. Yeah, we have too. We've, we've watched shows in our bed. Right. The, the more you can minimize that right. um, and make your bedroom the place you go to sleep then it becomes like this habitual thing of like, I'm in this room where I'm going to sleep. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. It's like, make it that special place. It, you know, I'm not much of a home decorator, but you, you know, everyone could put like soothing, um, pictures on the wall or like a pretty bedspread, uh, just to make it feel really special and homey and yeah. comfortable in your bedroom. Yeah. There's studies that I forget what, that like painting your walls in your bedroom is like blue or something makes you, or purple. But like, oh, I, think I don't remember. Um, helps with that. Yeah. And other <clears throat> things you can do too is, uh, in this book, uh, air ionizers mm -hmm. was something that kind of cleans the air and helps yeah, you. I've been interested in finding out more about those. Yeah. I'd like to learn a little bit more about them myself. Humidifiers are mm -hmm. often a positive thing because the moisture, um, that they put in there helps the sleep patterning. Um, house plants in your bedroom are always great too for the, basically cleaning the air, emitting oxygen and, and, and doing its thing with photosynthesis and all that stuff. Um, and then another big one, and most people are aware of this, is like getting your room super dark. Right. It's key. Um, our daughter, Noelle, is like moronic about this. Of like, She won't even close her like <laughs> no, window blinds. It's the weirdest thing. I, I go in there sometimes in the middle of the night if I woke up, and I, like, I close her blinds for her. Yeah. So it's like do anything and everything you can to get your room as Literally, he, he says, optimally, you want to, like, not be able to see your hand in front of your face. Oh, you want, that like, would be dark. a dream. Um, but we, we do have, like, uh, shades and then, like, really thick curtains, and so it gets fairly dark in there. Yeah. But I, I could even handle it being darker. I could go a little darker, too, so yeah. I'll have to figure out how to do that. And one of the main reasons I found this super interesting is that, because a lot of people will say, well, just wear an eye mask, and that's better than nothing. Um, but the reason you want your room super dark is because our skin has light receptors on it and as soon as um the like basically the sun photons you know the light comes in mm. and hits our skin that is wild it, it sounds triggers like, us to wake up like it sounds like a science fiction movie <laughs> and it's true it's true right so that's why it's so key to mm -hmm. block out those win the windows as best as you possibly can so you don't get the sunlight coming in okay and getting on your skin and that essentially wakes you up so um that, that one's a big one I, I found really fascinating. And then lastly, um, body and mind work. And this starts to get a little more new agey <laughs> than that I was. So have a masseuse really come early. to your house every night and give you a massage before bed? Ideally, yeah. Oh, wow. I okay. mean, we've had massages. Me Anyone who's had massage in the past, like, how tired are you after the massage? Oh, totally. And how well do you sleep usually the, that night? I mean, it's usually a great night of sleep, right? Right. So, but massages obviously cost money and take time and all that sort of thing. Um, but things is, you know, stretching, foam rolling, um, you know, those sorts of like things. A 10 minute Self -massage. yoga. 
yoga routine before yeah, bed. Yeah, help you relax. I think um, our friend Tom Miser is very good about doing yeah. that. Well, and another one along the same line with the mind work was meditation. And this is definitely more new agey and not something I'm super familiar with, but is gaining traction and, and yeah our friend tom is big into that um and just being able to like clear your mind even if it's like five or ten minutes you know before bed or you know i don't know a ton about it but i do know and it makes sense to me that it would be practical well, i work. i could definitely benefit from this and i've for some reason resisted it for years but i i know i should figure out how to meditate more and clear my mind because I tend to be an anxious person and I can get obsessed with things before bed. So yeah, I should, really should do this. I think it would make it, I think someone that tends to be more anxious like, like you do would make a huge benefit I know. for sure. So, you know, I could use your help. Get past the, the new aging. Well, it's not that. It, I don't know what my deal is with it. So, well, you're always opposed to the goal setting when we get to the goal setting I know. Setting I have episodes. some weird shit from my childhood. <laughs> so maybe you could, maybe you could just help me. If like you would, you would say, stuff. let's do like a five minute meditation thing. I would be happy to do it with right. you. I'll get, I'll, my next book okay. will be on how to meditate. I'll, okay. Let's do it. We'll figure it out. I'm not making any promises, but. <laughs> well, you better. Um, but yeah, so those are all really good things. If you like some of the ideas here, I highly recommend that book, um, Sleep Smarter. Sean Stevenson is the author. Um, it's actually a super entertaining read. Um, yeah, you said that. It's not real science-y per se, although there was some stuff in there, but I enjoyed reading it. Okay. Um, I didn't have to like force myself to read it. Um, so check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes. But I mean, bottom line is the better we can sleep, the more healthful we're going to become, the more healthful we become. Yeah better our performances and well, Cody I think you did a wonderful book report I'm going to give you an A plus <laughs> well thank you very much <laughs> everything we discuss on the weight endurance podcast we integrate into our annual base builder training program and downloadable training plans our base builder program is an annual online virtual group training program with us as your coaches allowing you to build your best cycling based fitness possible prepare you for your next writing season. We also offer downloadable training plans for base building, cycling specific strength training, and specialized race preparation for road, gravel, mountain bike racing, and everything in between. Consider our training plan subscription service, where you gain access to all of our training plans for as little as $20 per month. This allows you to easily switch between plans to create your most complete annual training progression. Regardless of the type of cyclist you are, by becoming a part of the weight endurance training community, you're allowing us to help you become a fitter and faster cyclist.